Hello, hi, attention everyone. This is going to be a great show. And it's the choice of a new generation. Corrupting the minds and the hearts of our children. And now, broadcasting live from Music City, USA. From pop culture to sports, from music to movies. Brian, Dan, and Zach got you covered. Crack open your brain hole and get ready for After Dark Sports. Wait, what? Yeah, that, that doesn't sound right, man. I'm going to change it. So crack open your brain hole and get ready for sports after dark. You see, that sounds awesome. Here's your hosts of Sports After Dark, Brian, Zach, and Dan, whose last names I don't know because it wasn't in the email. Episode 20 coming at you fast and furious. I am Zach, everyone's best friend, Williams. Dan Bradley. Brian Robertson. And this is After Dark Sports, and a uh, special episode of After Dark Sports. This will be the final one of Dan Bradley. Uh, to all the uh, to the ADS maniacs out there, or what is it? What's the uh, SAD, sad, sad boys out there, Sports After Dark. How does one get the title, Everyone's Best Friend? Just everyone loves me. It's easy. When you live you like I do. Tangible evidence of, of this. I pay them. I have receipts. Uh, so... <laughs> Hendersonville. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So Dan's last last show, he said he was going to make it to 20, and then it was over. So we have that looking forward for us, uh, Brian. Do we? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 20 episodes. Man, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Think about that. It's, it's, it's almost half a 20 year. 20 weeks. 20 weeks, man. That's crazy. Plus the one week when he wasn't here. Yeah, yeah so really like 21 and a half. Yeah. Right? Because that's what we ended up doing for that episode. I feel like this mic is just like... Way drooping. too much in my face. Yeah, it's it drooping. Is. It's drooping really hard. Who uses really that mic? No, that's Johnny's, Johnny's mic. Johnny's mic. Yeah. Johnny's mic. Johnny Pogue. Yeah. Uh, all the big hitters. Okay. Yeah. All the WNSR hitters use this one. Uh, so, yeah. I do my show from Wilco. I am in a closet. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, uh, episode 20, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, we got Preds offseason, all that, all that financial stuff going on, and then also the same with the NBA. Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on for the all-star break for baseball. We're going to do a uh, another donut challenge or donut bet uh, for the uh, uh, home, run derby. home run derby. But before that, uh, we had a bit of a uh, national holiday show up just uh, yesterday as we were recording this on a Wednesday. Fourth of July. How was y'all's weekend? It was or okay. Week to weekend. I don't, you know, it was a weird, it was a weird time, right? Tuesday. You know, that's like, yeah. It was the worst. That was the that's the worst time to have a major holiday. Well, it depends. Like if Christmas is on Tuesday, then everyone's happy. Well, you didn't. Most of us would get Monday off or so. Yeah. Here's here's some here's kind of a bone I have to pick with just you know kind of the radio industry in general. There's two schools of thoughts with it when it comes to holidays like this. There's one school of thought of oh we'll just switch it over to national and you know just have you know like the national folks you know doing the shows. But if you notice, like ESPN Radio, which is as national as it gets, or like Fox Sports Radio, or any of these ones that are CBS, Premier, the ones that have like your multi-million dollar contracted out time slots, they'll bring in someone else to do that time mm, slot. Because yeah. it's not like, you know, they have no one else to kick it to. I would have thought it would have been cool to like, you know, like wake up early in the morning and do Bill show. Like Charlie and I have done that before. I don't know, just kicking it around. I, 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 You're asking the wrong guys. We it's hold, always fun. Brian and I it. hold no power here at WNSR, really. That's always <laughs> one of the most fun things. I remember Bill took off um, right around uh, March Madness or so, 
And as Charlie's, you know, like college basketball guy, I got to go in and do Bill's show for a couple of hours and just do straight college basketball talk. And I'm just seeing like Bill's timeline. What the hell is this basketball? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, I don't want to break down the Alabama too deep, you know, all the way in March. This is not quite what you we want, do. You want me to give you some insider tips? Yeah, please. Bill's taking off next week. Ooh. So there you go. I'm I haven't heard say, anything about it. I'll say nothing else about that. I believe it's it's like I don't know if it's the whole week. I believe it's soon too. I can't remember what it's for. Yeah, I think it's daughter's it. basketball or something like that. You know what? At least he schedules it in the summertime. This you is know, the best time to leave. This is the sports. best time right now to leave <laughs> <Yeah>. sports. <laughs> and when he comes back, it'll be the best time to be back in it for oh, him. Yeah, because you got SEC media days. I think you know. Yeah. He talked about how terrible that is. So yeah, um, that is happening. Showing up though, you and I were messing around before we uh, before we came in here. Uh, by the way, my nobody fourth, needs to know about that. By the way, okay. my Fourth of July was like the best ever. Yeah, I was like, wait, I asked you all that question. My Fourth of July was wonderful. I just like paid attention to NBA stuff, listened to podcasts, and I uh, watched uh, a good chunk of Ken Burns baseball. What about you, Brian? Uh, I worked, and <laughs> I, I was with my parents last night watching the fireworks display from Nashville on uh, News Two. Oh yeah, yeah. And my brother, he was—he's in television production. He was dogging <laughs> the the way it was being directed. He was just—he was just having a field day with it last night. Was it not on Sounds a national like a broadcast this year? Because no, previously they've had it on A and E, and they've had it, you know, broadcast nationally. No, it's—it was the second biggest one behind like New York. No, it? it was the biggest. It one. It was the biggest mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that's weird that they wouldn't. I know Boston was nationally televised and they always do that but you would think that we could be in like some like a, a bigger outdoor concert because i remember when when year was like al green like really man yeah, i mean that's al like green's a cool fine, name but like, yeah you know i'm not gonna sit outside and you know 98 degree heat with 100 percent relative humidity to watch al green man <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna happen you know like for I, new year's eve we have like chris stapleton and kings of leon and keith yeah, urban yeah I mean, come I mean, on. It's literally the for the predators we had every big name we had alan jackson <laughs> for free yeah <laughs> Uh, for me though, on 4th of July, I was, I, I don't think I ever realized this. I've bought fireworks in the past before and I spent $150 on fireworks, uh, this, this year and you forgot to light them up. No, no, no they'll keep, <laughs> I, I didn't, I, we were done that we were done shooting in 10 minutes. $150. Apparently they didn't spend too much. I, I spent $150, Brian. Now, this isn't my fault. I mean, actually, it is my fault. I, I decided to buy all the fireworks at the last second, so I got a bunch of, uh, uh, like, grand finales. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were really cool for, like, two seconds, and then they'd end. But, uh, yeah, I didn't I, I didn't realize that it's that expensive for fireworks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bought them in college. I remember buying them in college. We went on a, a like, a getaway 4th of July camping trip, and I remember spending, because, like, $100 for me in college was, like... <laughs> I was a king. I was a king Midas, you know. But I remember spending a hundred dollars on fireworks for that, and they lasted for like I want to say it was like damn near an hour. Like it was a while how long it lasted, and they were good. Like it was fun. And then me and my brother are shooting them off last night. And I'm like, well, is that it? He's like, yeah, that's all of them. And I was like, well, what the hell? I'll, I'll stop this right now. None of you have ever lived until you've driven from up, up Highway 231 out of Panama City to like right across the Alabama border. And this is how backwards you're at, backwards ass that area of the country is when you have to go to Alabama to get something that your state doesn't sell. All right. <laughs> 
So yeah, coming back with like a trunk load full of bottle rockets and just having like 30 people in a field and just having like a bottle rocket fight for like mm-hmm. about four or five hours to that the point was, where like there's enough like you, we've all seen Predator where like where they're just like clearing out an entire section yeah. of forest. <laughs> it was about like that level of smoke just everywhere. J- uh, what's his, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh man, Jesse Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. Ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. See, <laughs> this I, stuff make you into sexual tyrannosaur, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> the uh, when I went to UTC and I did I did play by play for the Alabama team. That's where I got the fireworks, and that might be because it was cheaper. Like there? Scottsboro. Uh, no, it was uh, 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 Hig- Hig- Higdon. Higdon. Okay, Higdon, so that's on 59, right? I don't know the road name. <laughs> I don't know. It was next to Pisca and Eider, and I knew the places. I didn't know the road there's name. There's some weird-ass town names like Alba. Yeah, um, there's a lot of weird ones in Alabama. Arab, Boaz, yeah. Gunnersville. Yeah, yeah but I, I guess, are they cheaper in Alabama? They might be cheaper, huh? I don't know if they're cheaper, but I know they're, they're, they, sell, they can sell stuff that we couldn't get in Florida, and Tennessee sells stuff that you can't get in some other states as well. Crazy, yeah. I mean, we can't buy booze here on Sundays, but we can buy fireworks that you know could probably burn down a building. Hey, speaking of that, yeah. last uh, at the actual fireworks show, Nashville's uh, own their, their actual Fourth of July program they had took a chunk out of Nissan Stadium, blew up some seats, and blew up concrete. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That is a man's it, fireworks it was, show right there. It was probably that last firework that went like sideways at the very end. They were like, everybody was like, I wonder where that goes. <laughs> yeah, it went right into the stadium, took out like six rows of seats. Uh, they're they're in the upper level. They're not going to be used this next season anyways. I was waiting for the, the most like Titans, <laughs> Titans things to happen. There's Mariota's out there uh, working on some stuff late at night. You know, all, no Terrace off MCL, days. ACL, and, and, and labrum. <laughs> yeah, a piece of concrete just chunks them in the leg. <laughs> Jake Locker out four to six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Just by looking at it. Now, as the Jaguars fan here, nothing would make me happier, though, than to see, like, a small tarp over that section of seats. <laughs> you guys got a tarp, too. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Some guy down in, like, Duval County is going to be, you know, holding that over you guys' head think, forever. Think how hard that firework is. I mean, like, how strong it was to knock out concrete and bolted in seats in concrete. Well, yet the thing, those seats are plastic so it wouldn't take much they ripped the chunks out of this mm-hmm. concrete with it though like it yeah. picked the seat up it blew it off <laughs> imagine that hitting you brian i know it hurt really i'd bad. be behind the board right now <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy but the best part is what if it what if it went right you know, it didn't go left; it went right. <laughs> yeah, it could. It would have tore up maybe that crappy modern art project we have and like, the, <laughs> the, yeah, the roller coaster. The things. roller coaster. Th- I always wonder what the hell that was. Yeah, so it's supposed to be like a turbine and, and like uh, parts of a steam wheel and showing progress. I thought. And I thought for the longest time it was a Titans thing. No, no, yeah. no one knows what it really is. It's probably pieces of like the old Opryland coaster hangman. <laughs> that actually was red track. They need probably. to bring that back, man. They need to bring back Opryland. Well, it's, was, not, it's not as bad as like the telephone poles sticking out at the um, roundabout on Lafayette Street. Oh, yeah. Is, Sticks. Yeah. That it's actually no called sense. Sticks. It's Sticks. Pre- yeah, $700,000 public art project. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Terrible. Just plant a big-ass oak tree. Natural do- Everyone Nashville would have been fine. Nashville doesn't have culture. Uh, <laughs> Got to put culture in Nashville. Music capital of the world. Money mm-hmm. buys culture. I mean, Atlanta's <laughs> kind of like your your snooty visual art city compared to Nashville. We're the we're the music city. They're the they're the visual art city. Nobody likes. Atlanta. Who really likes Atlanta? The most fun thing to do in Atlanta is to drive to Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Boom. Uh, I showed you. I showed you that that picture 
that girl oh, on Twitter. Yeah, let me. Uh, yeah, I'll go and pull this up. Pull since up, it's fresh. I don't know if Brian's seen it yet. So, no, because I was uh, busy getting stuff ready in here. He was busy oh, producing okay, the Johnny yeah. Ballpark Frank show and uh, After Dark and After Dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can follow Zachariah on Twitter at Zachariah W. And one of the things on there, he Zachariah tweets. People like this are why we need an intelligence twist, intelligence test to have Twitter. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. some girl named Sanya K. Really F- disappointed this this new sign at the Find bra- her at at or hashtag Brave Stadium. <laughs> Definitely not okay. Now, you know, whenever people strike players out at a baseball game, or you know, you keep put up a sign with a K. Typically, the th- the third one is turned backwards. Or upside down. Yeah, typically. It, if it's a if it's a if it's a standing strike without swinging, it's a backwards K. If they're swinging, it's a regular K. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Well, because um, if that's how the score keeps it. Yeah. In in the scorebook. That's cool to know. I did not know that actually. Yeah. Um, she apparently was not familiar with this, and uh, yeah, that's and so it was three it strikeouts quickly. It was three strikeouts, so they had three Ks up there. Now, obviously, yes, that is not a reference to the Ku Klux Klan, as she so made seem like that the Braves were being racist as she's in the stands and First see the off, KKK. Come on, it's the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're playing the Oregon time to their racist hand thing. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean. And she was, you know, and there's one thing. There's people just trying to be trolls on the internet and stuff. She was being dead ass serious. She yeah, was she's ser- dead she serious. She said that they need this. they need to change the way that they do it. They need to blah, you know, all this blah blah blah. She even says, "I have no time to study baseball." There you go. She said, oh, she, "Yeah, she said she was getting a master's." This is great. 14 uh, minutes ago, she just tweets out, uh, "I just want to take a moment to endorse Nick Saban for president in 20 slash 20, like 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 2020 vision, not yeah." Yeah, she she Hashtag really paid. She out, really paid for her, her master's degree. Give out she really her Twitter. Give out her Twitter. What's her at? What's her at? Oh, I don't want to be seen. No, man. Do it. Do it. Give her at. What <laughs> I is already it, said it's like at Sanya ninety. Yeah. yeah, find her and just. And she's from Atlanta. She should have known better. Come on now. Gosh, yeah, it, but we don't want to be CNN on. This, and it's okay you know? not knowing baseball, but I mean, just being stupid. Immediately, just having a blind label mm. gun out and just immediately label things you don't understand—that's never a good. Gosh, that's never. And good I and I'm not one for calling out people on Twitter, really. But that one, I was like, that's bad. I'm sitting on the toilet reading this, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. <laughs> College football is life. My team is too busy winning championships for me to care about baseball. I'm sure it's like a. Oh clim- man, she's that Alabama fan. That really yep. isn't a fan. Just just yells "roll tide" at a party. <laughs> God, I hate her. I don't. I don't like her. This I segment's hope she, going downhill. Real yeah, this is pretty vengeful. I, I could get. I'm telling you, it really got to me, guys. <laughs> it really got to me. If you could, well, I got something fun we can end on, though. Do it. Please. So before before this, we're we're out there messing around. By the way, there was a white couch that just mysteriously appeared outside our studio doors. Yeah, here. no, it's really great. We, we you know we kind of joke around. We do share this building with like a movie studio. So we because they started immediately. Yeah, started. when I saw you, I was like, man, when did that couch show up here? I don't know. It was like the <laughs> casting couch. You know, I, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to exactly pantomime what your thoughts were there. But um, challenge for you guys, and you can you, you can say it now, or you can wait till after the break. Who is the third highest paid player in the NBA? Now, I'll say this in, in lieu that Stephen Curry just signed his new deal. He's being paid an average of $40 million a year mm, for the next few years. Guaranteed. And you know that you know LeBron is, is you know, going to be number two on there as well because he's LeBron James. So with Gordon Hayward, who is one of the people you guessed as well, Gordon Hayward is number four. Making that money. Uh, let's see, Blake Griffin. You asked about Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin's number five. I was all. I'm all around it right now. You're all around. I it. think I got it though. Let's hear it. 
Kawhi Leonard. No. God bless. Who it's is Spurs, it? Spurs, man. I keep on guessing. Come on. Uh, I told you you wouldn't um, get us like your first seven guesses. It's not Chris Paul. Nope. Uh, not James Harden. Nope. James Harden is for the for the pick number nine. It's Carmelo in it. No, Carmelo no. Anthony is. I think he's around the twenty-four million dollar range. Yeah, Melo is. Uh, he's further down the list. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler. No. Uh, uh, Demarcus Cousins. No. Uh, some no. somebody listening to this right now is kicking themselves. They hate. They hate all. Carmelo is number twelve. Uh, Kevin Durant is number fourteen. But Chris Paul is number fifteen. Chris Stapp. Chris Stapp Porzingis? No. Okay, no, 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 no. He's down a rookie. He's a rookie I know. I just didn't know. Because the way he's, he's phrasing it makes me think it's got to be somebody like crazy. Uh, Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah. No. No, he took a cheap deal to go to San Antonio. Gosh, I, I can't remember. Damian Lillard? No, Lillard? No, he is, uh, I think he's in like the 23 million range or so. No, not him. Uh, the salary of this guy? $30 million. What division is he playing? What, where does he play at? He plays in the Eastern Conference. Oh, I'll say that. Man. Uh, it makes you think about it because the Eastern Conference right now is garbage. It's not. It's not <laughs> Wade. It's not Wade. It's not uh, John Wall. No, no. That's a good one. That's a good guess. Holy crap! Uh, this could have been a tough question. Oh. Yeah, this would have been good. Kyrie uh, Irving. I'm no, that's not out. a bad one either. That's not bad. Kevin Love is the second highest paid uh, Cavalier. And he's at twenty two. Wow, really? Over Kyrie? Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's not. It's not Russell Westbrook. Not, it's not Mike Conley. Well, he's not in the East. It's not Paul Millsap. It's, it's not DeMar You're naming everyone in the West. It's not Al Horford. <laughs> Al Horford's $27 million. It's not Olenek. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not even – no, it's not Hassan Whiteside. It's not Bradley Beal. Was Hill, not the Dwight team Howard. he plays for in the playoffs? Yes. <laughs> I know it's not Isaiah Thomas. No. I want a rookie uh, deal. Uh, he's still – he's still you, got one last, you got one last guess. Oh, oh. man. Uh, I'm but, running out of names. Yeah, because the East is so bad. Uh, the the guy for the Heat, uh, Whiteside. Yeah, nope. Uh, he already said that. Or not Whiteside. That's not who I was trying to go. He's for. the highest paid Heat player right now. Okay, well it wouldn't have been him then. Um, <laughs> Chris Bosh retired. Who wouldn't Chris Bosh? Uh, well, who is it? We're, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry oh, from Toronto. Yeah. God. That yeah, freaking guy. How yeah, he signed he a massive him? deal. Over yeah, he's the getting thirty million dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a stupid high deal. Actually, no. He, I think, he, yeah, that you're right. He did just sign that. Gee, so that's giving me an idea how bad the NBA NBA contracts are. And I bring that up because Connor McDavid signed his deal today to be the highest paid player in the NHL at twelve and a half. <laughs> You've got guys like JJ Redick making more money than Connor yep. McDavid, Ooh. and he's only going to be playing what, like. He's, Half of game? No, Redick, no he's with the with the 76ers. 76ers. He's going to be actually playing. Yeah, he'll actually start. Oh, uh, yeah. So. Well, it shows you how much I care about the NBA. I was going to say because what? Who's <laughs> going to be? Who's going to be over Redick as a point guard at 76ers? Not a point guard, but no, he'll be he'll be the night. No, because Fultz is going to be the point guard. Ah, uh, true. He'll be Redick will be playing number two. Oh, going into this year though, Redick was on a seven million dollar deal. And now what is he making? Twenty three. Twenty three million. I'm telling you, what for happened? Thirty three year old JJ Redick. Must be nice. Dude. Oh, How is nice. Jimmer Fredette not on a team somewhere? I'm sure he's on a team somewhere. He's in the D League. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about the Predators' off season, the wins, the losses, and a big mischaracterization I'm seeing right now with all the uh, the internet fan base. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with that. You're listening to After Dark. <laughs> Yeah, welcome back in. 
So for the first time in recent memory, the Nashville Predators had a very active opening of the free agent season and uh, got their number two center, Nick Benino, to replace, uh, frankly, we have no idea what Mike Fisher's going to do. Uh, we have uh, James Neal's hole is gone. You know, his roster hole is a number two winger. Could play in the number one line if he wanted to, if he was motivated and if, you know, the chemistry worked better. But we're talking about a Predators team here that is really close to being uh, to being the dominant team in the division. I think we can agree on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, has to be. Chicago, you can't tell me Chicago's going to be better this next year. They, they traded Marcus Kruger for essentially just a conditional player. Vegas immediately flips them to Carolina for a draft pick. So Marcus Kruger is one of the more valuable lower line center, lower line players that Chicago had. He's gone for essentially nothing. So Chicago, since we last talked, even has gotten worse. <laughs> since we last talked, the Chicago Blackhawks have gotten even worse. You love saying that. Yeah, it makes me. I feel think so everyone good. loves saying that. Here. Hey, look, look. You could have just said Chicago's gotten worse. There's it, it no. Would, it goes against all. It would apply of them. for every team in Chicago. This year, they have all taken a step back. I've never seen anything like this in a big market where it's every like, team has gotten worse. They're the new Tennessee sports. Well, you can Ooh. say Phil- <laughs> take that Chicago. You can say Philadelphia when everyone started sucking. Yeah, this is true. About two or three years ago, I think Philly would have. Yeah, the Philly would have because the Flyers kind of went on their downturn. Then the 76ers have all, been perma bad. Almost on cue on ESPN. There's uh, a Philly oh, player oh, running into oh the wall. <laughs> okay, so is that is that Turner Field? No, okay. No, that was at. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know who Sessions that is. Bank Park. <laughs> yeah, they got the they got like the, the out of town scoreboard with the fence there. Ooh, yeah. that looked painful. He jumped into it, going for a ball, and missed and faced into it. All right, so real quick, I'm gonna take a big pause on this. As a as the baseball player of the group here. What's what's the deal with like right field or outfields in general? There's like lots of nice padded sections, and then you have like your hard ass, you know, like out of town scoreboard with fences, like chain link steel fences, so they could protect those outfield electronics, I guess. But my whole thing is, you know, where the fence is. They have a warning track for a reason. You feel the warning track. You have three feet <laughs> until you hit the fence, and you know that. I don't understand why people don't stick their arms out. Or put their foot out or something. Put their foot out or something. That's what I did when I put the outfield. Ja- do the Bo Jackson. Just run up the side of yeah, it. Yeah, just run up the side of it. Be a badass with it. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Well, you'll know. live forever Too many people hit, their su- hit themselves yeah. on the wall. So the Predators also, in addition to bringing in Nick Benino, they ship out Colin Wilson, which pretty much pays for the Nick Benino contract. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, even still, there was the hole with James Neal, and they bring in Scott Hartnell. And I'm seeing all these, you know, internet wise guys and such, and people I've written with, and people that I've, you know, worked with before, putting Scott Hartnell on the bottom line. Guys, Scott Hartnell is still a very, very good goal scorer. They only put him on the bottom line because he's like almost 40, isn't he? And he's only and he's making a million dollars. No, he's not almost 40. He's in his mid 30s. He's old. Don't get me wrong. That's close yeah, because to 40, he's played in the NHL for almost twenty years. So. Yeah, yeah, he's thirty-five. All right, so he's, so not... he's closer to forty than thirty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and plus the mileage, you know, I'm sure he's, you know, he doesn't have that many good years left. I'd be, I would be. The this... photo I saw of him was wearing a very old Predators jersey. That's all you need to know. Right there. <laughs> I was like, I, I wonder. I thought maybe he was coming back as a coach yeah. when I first saw. Nah, that. he's going to break out the old <laughs> number seventeen again. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> You know, and I'm pulling for him. Uh, Scott Hartnell last year on a Columbus team that was very good. Scott Hartnell, as far as his points per hour, this is the uh, is 60 minutes played, but your average of goals and assists was second on Columbus. 2.42 points per hour. That's ahead of Brandon Saad. That's ahead of Sam Gagne. Ahead of everybody on their roster except Oliver Bjorkstrand, who only played 26 games. Scott Hartnell was the most consistent offensive player the Blue Jackets had last year. He's not playing on the fourth line in Nashville. 
I know that you guys all love Pontus Auberg. We all love Colton Sissons. Hartnell's better than them on the offense side. Sorry. Right. He does take a stupid penalty here and there, but he'll be playing on the 10 to top six role for a million dollars for one year, and that is a great deal. What will what will having him on here do for the Preds? I mean, a lot of their problem last year was just inexperience that deep into the playoffs. I mean, what is well, he They help? had a lot of injuries last year, so. Well, that, true, even the, but even both their starters true. were. Both are true. Yeah. I think with Scott Hartnell, with the type of, not type of hockey that he plays, he plays the front of the net. He takes up a lot of space in the front of the net, and that's going to allow guys like Cali Yarncrook and Pontus Auberg, who aren't the biggest guys in the world, to be a little bit more consistent. When you have Hartnell in front of your net, that's going to occupy the defense. It's going to allow guys like Yarncrook to cycle the puck around, let Auberg shoot a little bit more. And even if you want to roll up uh, Hartnell up to the top line, let's say if you put him out there with Forsberg and uh, Johansson, those are two guys who love their own wrist shot almost a little too much. Arnold isn't that guy. Arnold's going to stand in front of the net, try to deflect stuff in. He's going to absorb a lot of punishment for that real estate. It makes, it makes perfect sense. This was a great deal. So he's, I mean, and this is a very, is a very bold point to say. Go but for it. He was what was missing against the hard-nosed Pittsburgh team last year. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say Pittsburgh really hard-nosed, but Pittsburgh had no defense to move this kind of guy out of the way. That's what, yeah. I mean, I mean it, you're looking, Joe, he, he would have been what Johansson could have been if he was. The Blue Series and the Duck Series, you would have seen a different, would have been perfect for them. Because the Blues were just committed to bodyguarding their own goaltender. Same with the Ducks, too. The Ducks are a big team. Uh, Hartnell's a guy that you can throw out there with two smaller players, and he'll make them seem like they're that much faster because he opens up a lot more space for them out on the ice. Hmm. They also made a move, kind of a curious move. They bring in uh, Alexi Emelin, who was picked up from the uh, from Montreal to uh, Vegas as part of the expansion draft. They get Vegas to retain some of his salary. They bring in Emelin to Nashville. Now, he's a left-handed shooting defenseman. He's not better than Yossi. He's not better than Ekholm, and you could argue if he's better than Matt Irwin or not. This seems like a move to set up another move, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, another trade happens. We did hear that today that uh, one of the potential trade targets for Nashville, uh, Alex Galchenyuk, signed an extension to Montreal. Don't think he's going to be coming to Nashville. Uh, this is a uh, what they call a bridge deal. It's essentially the, it's the contract that gets you to your next contract. He's only signing a three-year deal. I wouldn't be surprised if Galchenyuk, Montreal, holds on to him. I would be stunned if they even trade with Nashville again going forward because, frankly, uh, Nashville Bad blood right there. Yeah, you don't want to be made a fool again. <laughs> you don't want to be made a fool again. Um, that being said, I think the Nashville has a lot to um, – there's still some questions out there. I mean, they're still setting up for another move. Maybe they make a move for a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, we talked earlier about uh, Connor McDavid getting paid today. $12.5 million is huge for hockey. Highest paid player in the league now. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, the German kid that was drafted the year before McDavid, can also command a pretty big coin himself. I wouldn't be surprised if Edmonton looks at the $6 million contract that uh, Ryan, that, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is carrying around and says, you know what, we, can, we need to get out of this. We're not going to be able to afford everybody. That makes sense. It makes sense for them to move him to Nashville. I don't know if uh, I don't think Nashville's going to pull the trigger on Duchesne if they, knowing that Duchesne's going to command a much higher price than Nugent Hopkins. So the Duchesne thing sounds nice. He loves Nashville, but I don't think it makes economic sense. And it's sad to see that ship sail away, but that's where I'm at. <clears throat> Talking about old players, this kind of shifted focus over a little. Uh, but uh, Rene had a good playoff up until Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. <clears throat> and then. Soros is the future. Eventually. Eventually. When Is, is that this season, though? Uh, that's, that, I, that's only if Pekka falls off the map. 
I won't be surprised if we see like a 50-30 split this year where 50 games for Pekka, 30 for Saros. I wouldn't be surprised with that. Cause, because then, then right now would be a time. I mean, are there good goalies out there? Well, in the pipeline or yeah. free agent wise? In the pipeline, it's Saros and everybody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they re-signed uh, uh, Andrews Lindback, then they signed some guy from Ottawa. Yeah. Right. I mean, guys, they were going to play in the AHL. Rene, much. in theory, right, is only going to go downhill from this. Yeah, he's been yeah. on this. He's been on the downslide for a good while now. He could still catch lightning in a bottle, just like anybody else can. But, but right. I'm talking also in free agent. Is there anybody else out well, there? Well, he that, says what two years left on yeah, his contract. Yeah, Pekarene so has he, two years left at seven million dollars each. It doesn't make it mean you don't want to spend too much more money on goaltending when mm-hmm. you have Saros, who's a pretty capable backup, and you know he's going to be cheap. Yeah. I mean, you're going to – let's be honest here. Pecorino is 34. He's got two years left at $7 million. I don't see Nashville bringing him back at that cost. Because that's the only old part of the Predators, really. Uh, you can argue that Mike Fisher, you know, is, is just as old and just as frail. Um, Mike Fisher's got a lot of – going to have to answer some questions as far as whether or not he wants to continue. He, yeah, um, I think he's got job security, though, just because of Kerry Underwood. Oh, he can – well, <laughs> David Poyle has been set on record that Mike Fisher can he'll have a job with the Predators as long as he wants one. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I think if you're if you're Nashville, you're going to pay everybody that you have to pay. You're going to have to pay Johansson probably around $8 million a year to stay. You're going to have to pay, you know, Victor Arvidsson, who's earned a raise. You're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay – Pana Sahlberg, you're going to have to pay Austin Watson. These guys all and have... And Fiala. Yep. Uh, Fiala's not new this year, though. But he's coming up soon. Yeah, he's actually got two years left on his uh, entry level. Yeah, because it was weird. Because he came up for a little bit, what, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Then he was sent back to the AHL. Yep. He made the team again this past season, but then he was sent back, and then he came back for like the second half of the year and was on fire from there. So, yeah, it's a little weird how he says two years left on his contract. He got what they called an entry-level slide because he didn't have to – he didn't pay – he didn't play that many games at the NHL level. So mm-hmm. they gave him an extra extra year in his entry-level contract. So Nashville did some smart finagling there. <laughs> um, That's yeah. David Boyle for you. Yeah, there you go. So they've got plenty of contracts out there that are RFAs that they that they can keep. I mean, there's only a few of them that are elected arbitration. I know uh, – I do know for a fact that uh, earlier today we found that Victor Arvidsson elected arbitration – not the end of the world there. That just means they work. They have to get an independent arbitrator to set their salary. Watson, Auberg, also um, RFAs. Freddie Gaudreau, also a restricted free agent. They're going to have to pay him as well. My point is, is that after you pay all these guys, and you have cap space right now if you're Nashville, you do have plenty of cap space. you got around $20 million in cap space to get all this done. Once you ever, you've paid everybody, then you come to Mike Fisher saying, all right, Mike, I know, and you know, you probably don't want to pay a full year. That's fine. A couple million dollars, they get you back in the fold. Come on, come on. I know it's a tip jar with you and your wife's awesome salary. Come on. Yeah. Holla the player, come on. <laughs> that's so. probably what it's got to be. I mean, I don't see how – and I know that's, that's dumb. That's a dumb perspective, but, like, Carrie Underwood has made him a, 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 few, a, a, a permanent predator, I feel like. Oh, well, well yeah. Mike Whether Fisher's, it's playing or going into some kind of, like – coaching role or something like that well probably more nationwide she has but like even before um when he was in ottawa he was a fairly well-known player anyway so he was a fan favorite there yeah and then of course nashville and of course when mike fisher and karen underwood married nashville fans knew her uh, knew him right after that and then eventually a trade was probably going to happen no matter what and then it happened and now he's become like a a bigger fan favorite here than he was in ottawa yeah, I mean, even even if you were to take the the Underwood aspect of it, I think Mike Fisher would be a fan favorite here based on his own merit. But that being said, it's Carey. 
Yeah. Come on. Yeah. The memes <laughs> so. would come all over the place. <laughs> so uh, let's go and take our next break because I want to I want to spend some extra, a lot of extra time on the um, at least a few extra minutes on the Grizzlies. Right now, the Grizzlies not too long ago were were towards the top of the ESPN power rankings as far as ultimate franchise rankings. They were like a brother program to the Predators, very similar, trying really hard. And then this past year happened, and the Grizzlies have a lot of work to do. You're listening to After Dark. So back home in Panama City, like the mall cops at Pier Park were like doing like those three wheel segways. And we would like drive up next to him in my truck and like have this on the radio. Keep it playing a little bit. Keep it turn it up a little bit. More. I actually asked one of them like, "How fast does that thing? How fast does that go?" And before we even finished like the last vowel sound on "go," twenty five miles an hour. <laughs> he knows he's been there. <laughs> he's got like a mustache comb and <laughs> yeah, like next level mall security. Oh man, flying in formation. This, this song thing. will never be outdated. No. You know what I mean? Like it always. It's sounds kind of in like an ironic funny stage right now, thanks to Archer. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, you went back to Archer. I don't, I don't yeah. know. It. I don't know it. Because everything is phrasing for him. Yeah. Uh, Danger listen, zone. You're listening to After Dark. Uh, let's. I mean, we are the official station in Nashville of the Memphis Grizzlies, the uh, affiliate here in Nashville for him. And so going into the playoffs this past year, you could have drawn a lot of parallels with the Grizzlies and the Predators of, you know, it was the same old roster, but they're going to try really hard. And I, w- I was reading Pecorine's uh Players Tribune piece today. If you guys haven't had a chance to read that, I no, highly, re- yet. highly recommend it. Because he, there's a point in it where he's talking about he's almost like not really angry at us, but was almost kind of felt bad that uh, we here in Nashville were, you know, like, you know, good, good job, good effort, guys. Whenever the the Predators get bounced out of the playoffs in the second round, mm-hmm. you know, like it was like, as it, and he kind of confirmed what a lot of us thought that. This is as good as it's going to get here is, you know, second round, you know, fine. That, you know, we know you guys tried hard, you know, that kind of attitude. With the Grizzlies, that's kind of been like the the acceptance of the Grizzlies, like with the very obvious ceiling. With the NBA, is practically predetermined. <sighs> you know, you've got, you know, generational talent out in, in Golden State. You've got LeBron James. You've got, you know, next level talent. But the Grizzlies, frankly, aren't going to suck bad enough to be able to draft anytime soon, especially with guys like, Randolph, Gasol, Conley, Tony Allen. But now, Zach Randolph on his way to Sacramento. Tony Allen updating his Twitter. Probably not <laughs> going to be back in uh, Memphis. Ruined everyone's day in Memphis. <laughs> I think this is good for the Grizzlies because now they'll be able to move on. I mean, the NBA, especially the West, is getting smaller and smaller. And here the Grizzlies are trying to play Flintstone basketball. This is This is exactly the same look for the Grizzlies that are now as it was the Warriors before they got Steph. They have the chance to be the next Warriors. They have a chance to build through the draft, have some really key guys, if they do it smartly, pick the right guys to come out of the draft, and then eventually they'd be able to sign someone like a Kevin Durant or whoever, some big name, and then they'll be a title contender. They're in the exact same boat as the Warriors were before Steph Curry. Yeah, but what are the chances of Memphis landing the second coming of Steph Curry? Well, it's not it's, it's, asking for a friend, and that friend is Philadelphia, who's been trying <laughs> now for years. Well, now they've gave up and just started getting big men. That's all they wanted. They've been do. getting big men for a while. Simmons is a big guy. Jaleel Okafor was a bust. Uh, 
No, no, Joel Embiid. No one. Well, they traded him immediately to New Orleans. No, no. No, they that. used him for two years. No, you're right. You're right. They he went from New Orleans to Philadelphia. They've been for a while. They've been getting big men, but I mean, and it's not. I don't think it's too much finding the second coming of Steph Curry. I don't think it's that. I think they have to find a player that can take them, and not really just a player because it wasn't just Steph Curry. I mean, it was the Splash Brothers, right? They got to find that tandem that works. They got to find that duo that can really help their team and. Like you said, now that they're moving some of these big guys out of the way that have been the staple in uh, uh, in Memphis that, I mean, yeah, four years ago they were a, maybe a contender, what you could think of, but right now, you know, they're not, and they were just a bunch of old guys that felt good in Memphis. You know, the fans would still go watch them because it was like, I, I still love them, but they're not going to win you anything. They're going to they're gonna go out there, they're going to try really hard. The West is not going to be won by a big man. No. You can't no. do it. Marcus Hall's not going to be the guy. I think, and there's rumors going around that Marcus Hall is going to be traded possibly to the Celtics. And I, I think that's a hundred percent. They need, they should be trying to move Marcus Hall. And that move. makes sense for the Celtics too, because they have some guys coming up. They're going to have to really pay like Avery Bradley's going to be coming up. I mean, yeah. they don't know if they're, well, gonna... they're trying to shop some players so they can fit uh Gordon Hayward under the salary cap. Yeah. So yeah. Boston's got a lot of finagling to do. Right yeah. Now. The Boston has the luxury of all these extra draft picks too. But yeah, the, and that, and that's what right now that's what the uh, the Grizzlies can get is draft picks for Gasol at least they could get a couple number ones for the next couple years probably get extra if they take some bad contracts off Boston's payroll exactly every team has a bad contract don't tell me they don't <laughs> all right every team has at least one so I mean I it's a and this is a really scary thing for especially and I I've, I truly believe this that there's a curse on Tennessee sports but it, there's a frequent uh stigma with Tennessee sports always being in a rebuilding process. Mm, I mean the Predators have, to me they've never they haven't had a rebuilding process except for like the one really bad year where there was the lockout shortened year and immediately there was a bounce back. The yeah. Predators have haven't been They've made the playoffs 10 out of the last 13 years. I think really what I'm more talking about is the football side of it. The Titans, okay. for the past 10 years, have been a perpetual rebuild up until this last season. The Vols have been, a, ever since Fulmer left, has been in a perpetual rebuild. I mean, it's 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 been a constant well, problem. Well, with the Titans, it was a bad front office that made it into a perpetual rebuild. Well, and bad quarterback drafting. Yeah. Well, whatever the, front curse, whatever the curse does to them is what happens, right? It's the curse finding a way. I really think there is. I mean... There was no championships in Tennessee for professional sports, right? It still isn't. It still isn't. So, uh, ouch. <laughs> that hurt because of the Preds, well, right? So that brought the pain, the phantom pain back. Yeah, uh, so but, but Memphis, though, you know, they're in, a, they're in a state, though, that it's it's not bad right now to be in a rebuild. They've been in, they've been in such a long haul that it's time. Yeah, and then you look at the rest of the West here. You've got Houston. They're going to be really good this next year. Yeah. You've got Oklahoma City going all in this next year. But even with that... I mean, you have Kevin Durant taking $10 million less a year just to kind of keep the Warriors core together, to keep Iguodala on the team. And Andre Iguodala is one of the most important guys on that roster. Yeah. I mean, you can argue he's more important than Clay Thompson. And that's saying something because Clay Thompson is awesome. One of the best players in the year. uh, Both ends of the court. Yeah. I mean, Steph Curry's not great on defense. Clay Thompson is. Uh, And that's the thing. So then you start thinking, should the Grizzlies start tanking? Should they start? Should they start sandbagging more? Well, if this they do season? that, it'll wreck that fan base because mm. they're just as fickle no, as this is the this is the season though. There, it's like, well, we lost everybody. What else are we supposed to do right now? You know, if they keep Marcus all, then they have the one face. But who else would be there? 
But like knowing how he's going to be there. But knowing how fickle that Memphis fan, the Memphis people are, as much as Nashville, because they're very similar. Hey, if a team starts losing, people are not going to show up. That's a classic Nashvilleian thing to say. About here's Memphis. the difference about with Memphis and Nashville. <laughs> Memphis and Nashville, though, is that basketball is the sport in yeah. Memphis. The sport. Yeah, they'll go to Tigers games before they'll go to Grizzlies games if the Grizzlies are really bad this year. And they've proven that time and time and again. But TV draws revenue. I mean, the attendance, the regular season NBA attendance, it ain't great. Mm-mm. It's not in the begin with. I mean, as long as you're getting the TV money, though, you're in good shape. And and that's the whole thing, though. But I think right, this is their this. What I'm saying is, this is their one season where they have a scapegoat. Yeah, this is their one season where they can have an, a, a valid excuse. You know, this isn't. Butch Jones fifth season where it's like well I don't know what's <laughs> happening now it's it's no it's they have a valid excuse because they've had these long-term players Conley getting older Gasol not really the guy who's going to take you to a championship so you can make that move and be the terrible team to try to pick up the good pick in the lottery two thoughts on that real quick number one this is the year to do that because you have no idea how good Houston's going to be this year or what's going to happen after this year Chris you know Paul they're going to be better Chris Paul can opt out after this year and then he's roaming around you have no idea what's going to happen in Oklahoma City because Westbrook could opt out. Mm-hmm. Westbrook can be a free agent, go to L.A. Same we with all know Paul, George, Paul George, who's also on the Oklahoma City roster. He could head out to L.A. too. You have so many teams pushing their chips and going all in on this next year. season. It's crazy. You even have the Kings. God forbid the Sacramento Kings <laughs> are, are even making a push for this. Memphis needs to be realistic, know what they have, even on their best year two or three years ago, wasn't good enough to beat the Warriors then, and it's damn sure not going to be enough to do it now. But be smart about this. Yeah, you know, let's go back down to the bedrock and and, and rebuild. It's not going to be the end of the world. You need a new foundation. I mean, you went. I mean, you tried with Chandler Parsons. Man, that's twenty. That looked, that it was, looked terrible. Ooh, it looked good at the time, though. It, it looked did. good at the time. You're talking about like all these teams we're talking about here all have a very good number two guard. They have a very good shooting guard. Memphis has never had that. They've never had that number two shooting guard they can throw next to. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Next you're going to have uh, Chris Paul, James Harden. That's good. Yeah. That's very good. Those are the teams that are going to be running the show. Who in, could they get, West. though? You know, they couldn't – would the Memphis be able to – after this season, would they be able to draw a Paul George, a Russell Westbrook? Mm, they'd have to show – they'd have to show CP3? something. A CP3? Maybe, maybe Chris Paul. I think Memphis may need to do like kind of a just a, I don't know because I mean you got you have all these stories about all these people that were impressed with the Miami Heat and the and the push they made towards the end of the year, and the Miami Heat are are the team in that town, the Miami Heat with LeBron and with Dwayne Wade and with all that hoopla that they generated around that team, they are the team in that market. And yeah. that's that's incredible because Miami is a football town. It's got a lot of baseball, it is, but it's a but fun place to live too. Fun place to live, and they do everything first class as far as the heat goes. Pat Riley at the helm, you you know they don't have trouble landing players if they really want to. And if you're a basketball player and you don't like going to Bass Pro Shop, why the hell would you want to go to, to Memphis? Yeah, Memphis need yeah they they do need to make a um, the town sucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Memphis a lot, but and, you know, keep in mind, I'm looking at it from like a white guy vacation mode where I'm just going to go down to Beale Street, get hammered, and no one's going to recognize me. I yeah. love Memphis. There you go. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> but would you go outside of Beale Street? Uh, I made the walk from Beale Street to Sun Records once, and um, this, is a, this is a funny story. So I'm walking down there with my, with my then-girlfriend, and we're looking around just seeing, wow, this is deteriorating quickly. Oh, no. It's in the middle of daytime on a weekday. There's just a bunch of guys. There's like a bunch of dudes playing basketball, like right on the road. I'm like, you know, it's the middle of the daytime. 
This is during the work day. <laughs> so we knew <laughs> we knew already we're in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. I'm standing on a quarter and like Sun Records, I can almost see it. And yeah, you guys got any money? I'm like, no, I'm good. He looks at my watch and thankfully at the time I'm wearing like this really crummy like Brooks running shoes, blue and orange plastic watch. <laughs> And I think that was the only thing that saved my ass there because he looked at the watch and was like, oh, man, this guy ain't got nothing. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that's that's uh, now Midtown's cool. Like Germantown's nice. But if you're not downtown, you want to get to Midtown as quick as possible. Yeah. I'm sure the cheap seats guys want to beat our ass after that. But, you know, when your downtown's covered. Well, in they're in casings. Nashville, so who knows? Yeah, they are in Nashville. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's what I'm saying. The town has nothing to offer. Like it doesn't have anything to offer, like in L. A. or well, Houston. the money side of it does. I mean, it has the same financial that's benefits the, that Texas and Florida have. That's it, though. That's really it. Now, I mean, is that enough to bring? That's what I'm saying. That's enough to bring some mid-level guys like a Chandler uh, Parsons. But I know there's one way. There's one way they can do it, and it, his name was brought up regarding the Knicks. His name's been brought up during the regarding the Cavaliers. But to me, Memphis makes more sense. Memphis continues to push harder for it. President of Basketball Operations, John Calipari. Why would he ever want to leave Kentucky? What else do you have to prove in Kentucky? He doesn't have to prove anything. He's got the sweetest job in the world. Did you watch the draft where he was just able to sit there and promote his own school because he was like, look at all these people that I'm getting one year. That's what Nick Duns. Saban does at the NFL draft. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's a great guy. Who else wants to be this guy? You can be this guy. Come to Kentucky. But you have nothing left to prove at the college game. He, You know, the only stain on Calipari's resume is the NBA. Let's say if he goes to the NBA, he doesn't have to be a coach. He could just be the president of basketball operations a.k.a. the guy who hires the GM, who's essentially his assistant, and just go in and recruit pro players to come to a town that he knows. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I know he's a New York guy, and I know the Knicks, if they really want him, they can, put, they can get him, but Memphis makes a hell of a lot of sense for him. I just, I, you know, I, yeah, I don't see him leaving Kentucky. I, I just don't see why you would. It wouldn't make any sense to me. He's got the sweetest gig. He does. He doesn't really have to coach. Pride is a, <laughs> You're right, but pride is a deadly sin, and you know people in Kentucky are never going to be happy. Yeah, he's already made that program into the NBA factory that no other school can come close to. You yep. talk about, and they always complain when they don't win a national title. Yeah. Who would who would who would get it worse? Would uh, Calipari get it worse from Kentucky fans, or would Saban get it worse from Alabama fans once they leave? Especially Probably. going to another job. If 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 they're just retiring, let's say Saban. Let's say Saban hypothetically went to Michigan. Even though Harbaugh's there, Harbaugh's got it rolling. Let's say Saban went to Michigan. And or and then Calipari went to really Saban and Calipari are a lot alike. Except Both. Saban can't close his fist without make without all the rings, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> blocking, but I mean, also bad in professional sports when he was with the Dolphins. This is true. So I mean, it's almost like the same exact. Okay, so let's let's say Saban coaches the Titans because he does have Mercedes dealerships here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, as a Jaguars fan, I, I hate to tell you this, but he's expansion, probably going to get fired. Expansion team in uh, Alabama. That'll never happen. No. Uh, why can't it? Okay, let's say Saban coaches the Falcons or the Jaguars. There you go. Let's say <laughs> the Jaguars. He's going downhill. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, you know what? That would. You know what? Alabama fans would be pissed off. Yeah. What's the one thing if you know Saban's coaching the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Packers? He's like, you I'm going to go try to make it work. In I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars are the future of the NFL. Man, I like her chances here. Just imagine that. That, and then you have Calipari going to like the coach of the like the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, you know, or <laughs> trying to reprove themselves. You know, I think that we can uh, we can recruit here. We can uh, just <laughs> it's pro basketball, John. But but if he's like president of basketball operations, that's right up his alley. Yeah, 
I mean, it would help Memphis. That's that's the only way, though. That's one of the only. You're gonna ways. have to I, get a motivated college guy to come back to come to Memphis. I still like the idea that the banana boat ride group all go and join a random team, and the Grizzlies would be that random. Yeah, team. Yeah, for all the tax benefits. All the tax benefits. <laughs> have you'd have CP3, you'd have Mello, you'd have James, and you have Wade all just being a Grizzlies. That would revitalize the Grizzlies. Even if they, they didn't would even be win contenders. a title, they would be contenders though. Let's say if you were to have the, the Banana Boat crew, which for those who don't know, they've there have been photos spotted of uh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and I, I, I don't know if all of them at the same time. Yeah, it was riding, all at the same time. They're all riding a banana boat, you know. On the ocean. Uh, just kind of weird, yeah. And so everybody, and they, then they started talking about how they wanted to be in a team together. And, you know, why would they – why go to somewhere like, like a big team that doesn't really need them? Why not go to somewhere like a Memphis? So let's – okay, so let's have some fun with this. Let's say Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, and for the hell of it, Marcus Saul because he yes. plays center. None of these other guys can play center. That's a deadly team. Versus the current Golden State Warriors. Dude, I think uh, – Warriors in five. It'd be closer. It'd be closer <laughs> than what it was against the Cavs. Fine, Warriors in five. With CP, could, CP could hold up on Steph – Mm. Mello would be balling out against Iguodala. No, I'm giving it. I'm giving it. No, Iguodala was the MVP of the finals, LeBron, guarding LeBron James. LeBron's doing LeBron. Can't really stop that. Can't stop that. Gas- uh, Gasol's winning all the low post battles. Yeah, so you're only gonna have two players on a super team playing defense while everyone else on the Warriors are playing defense. Dwayne Wade ain't playing defense. Period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he got D Wade setting up on the outside, shooting shots. Not saying if they're going in or not, but he'll at least shoot. Them. And who's their who's their six man? We need we got to make up a six man all of a sudden. Oh yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, just let's, you know, like the Shane Battier wants one more year. Udonis <laughs> Haslam comes back out of the crypt, <laughs> carrying his knees. <laughs> and a six man <laughs> number one, the spleen of Chris Bosh. <laughs> All right, all right. Ooh, that's let's, horrible. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we're jumping back here, and we're going to talk some all-star baseball, and then we got five tough questions. Back after this on After Dark. Hey, welcome back here to Sports After Dark. I'm Zach Williams. Alongside me, Dan Bradley. And Brian, the ladies' man, Robinson. How are you doing out there, you nice, fine cats? You out here? Got my bottle of Cavassier. (laughs) Ooh, it's a lady. (laughs) So, uh, uh, coming up, we have uh, the mid mid season and the uh, if what the World Series, the October Classic, the Midsummer Classic. Yeah, the Midsummer Classic, right? So, uh, we have the All Star Game, which will be Tuesday. Yeah, and Tuesday. then Monday would be the, uh, uh, the home, home run, run derby. derby. Home run derby. Sunday afternoon, while everyone's playing uh, Major League Baseball, it'll be the futures game. The futures game that so, no one watches. Yeah, no one cares about that. Uh, and, and 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 before, but tape delayed, the home run derby. We have the uh, celebrity, the celebrity softball. All, yeah, the celebrity softball game where you that is a, a fun time. It I is. I love fun. watching that. I yeah. love watching those. Um, mainly because I like it when they get Kate Upton out there, but. <laughs> Past that, um, uh, <laughs> so we can okay we we can guys we can take this two different ways, however way we want to take that we can take that into talking about why the All Star game in baseball is better compared to other ones, or is the All Star break meaningless? 
Which way do y'all feel like taking this? Uh, I want to start with the uh, with the All Star game itself. The All Star game in the Indy, in Major League Baseball is watchable. The Pro Bowl is not. No. The NBA All Star game is not. The NHL uh, is not. Well, <laughs> uh, and it, and the three on three is okay. That that made it that makes it somewhat watchable. But I've been I've been in I was in the uh, I was in Columbus for the uh, the last like five on five one, and people were were like, "Come on, this sucks." Well, and then see what you're talking about is on those all those others except for baseball. There's no meaning to them. They have no real. I mean, football you win some extra money, which really on size of the contracts aren't that big of a deal. And the players don't want to be there. And they don't want to be there. Don't want to risk injury. Don't blame them. I don't blame them. But in baseball, it is the def- definitive option of between if the AL or the NL will be hosting for the World Series. Well, not anymore. Not this year. So no, they didn't change that. <laughs> yeah, they did. There, that doesn't exist anymore. I thought that was the they were talking about doing. I haven't heard no. anything going through with that yet. No, they, that was one of the big deals going into the season. They got rid of that rule. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, now I don't think the All Star Game is. Well, that I know important. Johnny on his show earlier today. They've actually made a change where all right, the winning team will get paid. The losing team does not get paid. Yeah. Well, how much is the pay? Uh, he was saying twenty thousand dollars per player. <laughs> okay. I know. Jeff was uh, going with, oh, that's chump change. Yeah. It really is. But, hey, if you have a chance to win money, even if you are a filthy rich millionaire that some baseball players are, hey, you have a chance to win money. Everybody likes money. Free stuff. Yeah. Well, and then, so now this changes the entire argument for me that uh, it was better when they made that decision to actually who was the host for the AL or NL because it gave you an actual uh, reason to play it. it. It gave it meaning. Now I don't think it's got any meaning. So that was After Dark Sports. Thank you for listening <laughs> to the 20th episode. Yeah, $20,000. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not hear sorry. anything about that. To me, it's still watchable because, I mean, you've got, you're going to have moments like, you know, Torrey Hunter robbing Barry Bonds, you know, in center field. That was cool. You know, but it, he, was, he was trying because there was a reason to it. I thought well, that, that was the 2002 Tide game when that yeah, happened that in was Milwaukee. The, oh. That was Seeley the 7-7. <laughs> game and ended what after nine innings because everybody used their pitchers then that's when bud Selig came up with the bright idea of oh home field advantage and a lot of the baseball purists hated it but they're baseball purists everybody hates the baseball purists right so i'm sitting right here guys <laughs> i do believe in the dh though <laughs> it needs it but no, no one wants to sit there and watch a pitcher bat Oh, yeah, especially what we saw earlier today with uh, your Baltimore Good Orioles. God, man. In the second inning with the bases, load, uh, bases loaded, no outs, <laughs> and they had the pitcher come up. No, they had they had, they had the nine spot – or sorry, the and eight I'm spot And I'm pleading with him to strike out because <laughs> the I didn't want to spot, double play. Eight spot comes up, strikes out. Pitcher comes up, nine strikes spot, out. strikes out, and then goes top of the batter and then flies out to center. <laughs> so Masson, yeah. by the way, Masson released an today, like one of those graphics they do like in between batters. So yeah, the uh, the runs per game for the Orioles has been decreasing from 4.39 steadily down to 3.25. While their ERA from starting pitchers went from four to four and a half, <laughs> five and five and sixteenths, <laughs> sevens and eighteenths, and right now it's batting practice 8.66 in July. <laughs> <laughs> Orioles magic, feel it happen. So the one good remaining piece of All Star Weekend now that uh, this hasn't completely shattered my world. Crapped all over that, didn't he? <laughs> I, yeah, man. I, <laughs> uh, Home run derby. Not baseball. Not baseball. <laughs> Doesn't matter, though, because I, I truly believe when you look at the slam dunk contest, uh, what used to be, which I guess they started doing the skills co- competition for football, home run derby is the hardest thing to do. 
Well, the, the slam dunk competition, like your big stars, they don't even want to do it anymore. Like, but they like, you look stupid especially, now. Yeah, and especially after what LeBron James said, I think it was after when I don't know if it was when Dwight Howard or uh, Nate Robinson won the slam dunk contest, and they interviewed uh, LeBron, who was in his street clothes, asked him, "Are you interested?" And he actually threw, said he was very interested in doing it, and it never happened. That's why no one really gives a crap about NBA All Star Weekend anymore. Yeah. Uh. So I mean. We have the I, well. I think the home run derby is the hardest thing to do because you can go to a random pickup basketball game and see somebody dunk. Somebody do stupid dunks. I remember at UTC, I saw people at, at, at the arc uh, at the basketball gym there in the arc just dunking like crazy all the time because it's the same foot gold. And you get into a MLB stadium packed and trying to hit a home run. That's not you, that's something you're born with, really. That that's something that you have to have a natural torque. You have to have natural connections in your body to swing a bat like that, hit it just right to lift it over four hundred yeah. feet. But even then, it's still they're still taking batting practice. But this time, there's added pressure of batting practice. Yeah, but we're still going to gamble on it, right? Well, yeah, we're sure that that, <laughs> that that was the whole point <laughs> I was doing too. So, do, do we have the list already of of our willing? Co- I know who I'm taking. It's an obvious pick, but uh, I I want to see who y'all are going to take. Now, I I feel like we have to. Aaron Judge is the wild card, so I don't think we're allowed to bet on him. <laughs> I think I don't know. I mean, I, uh, he's in it. He's eligible. he's rookie rookie year uh, with twenty nine home runs before but, the break. Now it's going to be in playoff style format. So number one seed is Giancarlo Stanton going up against the number eight seed Gary Sanchez. Questionable decision making by the committee. <laughs> to me, they left out Logan Morrison, who I thought was a better choice. The number four seed is Mike Mustakas. Now I really like this guy right here, but Miguel Sano. Hard hitting third baseman for the Twins, not to be slept on. Then we got this guy, Cody Bellinger. I call him the Ginger Bomb, man. He he knocks it out. Dodger Stadium, Pitchers Park, still gets it done against Charlie Blackman, center fielder for the Rockies. We'll see how he does out of that Coors Field dry air. (laughs) (laughs) Number two seed is Aaron Judge going up against the hometown Justin Bohr. I don't have anything cute to say about Justin Bohr. His his last name is (laughs) Bohr. I want Stanton. I know you want Moose. I want Stanton. I'm taking Moose 100%, man. The way he hits the ball, he's a left fielder or a left handed hitter in Miami Park. He's going to feel at home. Feel at home out there in Miami. So I will. Brian, do you want Judge? Uh, You'd be stupid not to take Judge. (laughs) I I was leaning Judge, but I also like Bellinger, too, because he's been on a tear lately as well. So. I'll go with Bellinger because it's in wow. a National League park. All right. Can I take in parentheses a half bet on Moose Stockus and a half bet on Judge? <laughs> How are we doing this? Disallowed. <laughs> Just pick one and whoever hits the most home runs or advances. Yeah, we got we got to set the rules up. We have too many make them up as you go on these donut bets. All right. So, so and I've been on the 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 business end of both. So or all three basically. So I need to, I need set rules. All right. So we're gonna do like this total number of home runs. Total number. Yeah. Yeah. Th- or or farther or farthest in. Because you could still technically win with one home run and still advance because the other guy doesn't hit. This is true. So it will do farthest in, and then if it's tied up, th- like if they each got to a certain distance but didn't uh, didn't win, it's yeah. not about who wins, it's about who loses, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it. <laughs> yeah. So we're, all right, here we go. Tiebreaker be, be the number of home runs. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Tiebreakers number of home runs. We're all agreed on that now. All right. Okay. Man, I swear if Moose shits the bed, <laughs> I'm gonna be so upset. <laughs> I'm just glad to see a Royal get in it. I can't remember the last time a Royal was actually. I mean, I believe we had Alex Gordon whenever it was in Kansas City, but that was just because he was in Kansas City. But I can't remember the last time I saw a Royal that was in it outside of Kansas City. 
No. I don't think we've ever had one. You know who had like one of the worst performances ever in, in the home run derby? Uh, Yasiel Puig. <laughs> no, it was Brandon Inge a few years ago. He hit <laughs> zero. Oh, okay, that is that's better. That's better. That's worse than a uh, Puig because Puig only got one. <laughs> Brandon Inge home run derby. I want to. Where was this at? Uh, I don't know. I think it was Pittsburgh. I can't remember. PNC. I don't know if it was in Pittsburgh or it was in Detroit. It was one of those years. It was like five, six, seven years ago. I yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah. I still think Puig probably had the worst, just because it was so clear he didn't want to do it. The best one was uh, Josh Hamilton in 08 at oh, Yankee Stadium. Yeah. That was the best Bobby one. Abreu. That was the most fun I've ever watched. Bobby Abreu. When Sammy Sosa did it at Turner Field. Or McGuire and Oh, Boston. when you hit it like 550 or something? When you're seeing like air ducts <laughs> like in the back part of Turner Field, that was pretty sweet. Or Ortiz hitting the uh, rafters. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait till it comes to the Tropicana Field and just start poking <laughs> holes in the roof. <laughs> I hate that place. All right, gentlemen, it's now time. It's time for Five Tough Questions. Brought to you by Your Ad Here. For a dynamic, game-changing sponsorship opportunity, please contact Zachariah Wims at WNSR. Low, it can be literally any amount of money. You can get. I swear if you give us like five bucks, I will put your business in here. Five bucks for an episode. Can't beat that. <laughs> Number one. The Boston Celtics added Gordon Hayward to their roster during the 4th of July, which screwed up all the NBA Riders' holidays. Even with Houston, who added... They added Paul George. No, they added Chris Paul. I don't know. It's all yeah. the same anymore. Even with, even with Houston adding uh, Chris Paul and Boston getting better, what are your odds that the NBA Finals are going to be the exact same teams again for the fourth year in a row? Uh, one out of one. <laughs> <laughs> That's happening. Pretty much. Uh, I'll go four out of five. Yeah, 80%. More than likely that's going to happen. I'm with you on that one. Number two, Connor McDavid, the center for the Edmonton Oilers, is now the highest paid player in the National Hockey League, earning $12.5 million a year American in Edmonton, which is equates to like, I think, like $5 million. I don't know, something silly. By the way, Steph Curry. colorful money. By the way, Steph Curry's contract, I couldn't even do the simulation on it, but $10 million salary in California equates to $5 million after taxes. (sighs) The majority, Don't live there, gosh. The majority of uh, Connor McDavid's salary is going to be paid by bonuses, as in spot bonuses similar to Shea Weber's. And if it's going to work the same way, it's a lump sum on July 1st of every year. The question is this. In our lifetimes, which we're all sub, you know, th- sub, you know, 30 years old except for me, uh, how, <laughs> how many work stoppages in the NHL will you see in your lifetime? What, in the NHL? Yeah. Because we've already seen two. Yeah, there's been... Now, if you look at it, in my lifetime, there's been three. Because you got early 90s. Early 90s. Then the 05 season, which was so then wiped three. out. Yeah. And then, so there's been three. I'm going to say if get if uh, Bedman is still commissioner, probably see one, maybe two more. I'll give you that. I like. I was going to say two. Yeah. I'm going to say three. Because I think the NHL is, in, is we're right now at that part of the roller coaster, right where we don't know where the bottom is. Yeah. With the concussion lawsuits, you've got uh, two different currencies. And frankly, a product that's kind of stagnant. So, yeah. Mm. Number three, Manny Pacquiao got completely screwed in Australia. Gosh. And what may be one of the worst decisions in recent memory. You would think they were fighting in Boston. 
<laughs> yeah, let the white guy won shamelessly. God. Yeah, Gordon Hayward just fits that culture. Australia, just right. Australia is just one big Boston. <laughs> <laughs> That's a white hot take. Keep that one in the recordings. <laughs> to be honest, I was watching. You want to include New Zealand in that too? No, yeah. they hate it when you include them with Australia. <laughs> don't include us with the West Island. We don't sound like them at all. <laughs> <laughs> a younger Manny Pacquiao would have stopped that fight. A younger Manny Pacquiao would have knocked his ass out in the ninth round. Question is this: uh, Should Manny Pacquiao hang up his gloves now or later after he gets revenge on Horn? Now, later. It's got to be later. He he was cheated out of that fight. Everyone's going to hate that. I mean, I don't see. Hell, I still think he needs to uh, uh, go back against Mayweather. I think that fight needs to happen again. I'll say now because this is boxing. Boxing is usually happen. This usually happens in boxing because you know who didn't care ESPN because they had their best ratings for a boxing match in like I don't know how long. Because they had they had Pacquiao, but I yeah. mean you know it's like then they get completely screwed over, and it's it. This is the reason why no one watches boxing. It's yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have such. They would they ha- and what's sad is MMA and UFC wish they had the cultural impact that boxing has, right? Yeah, now. because boxing's been around for more than 150 years, while MMA's only been around for like 25. Well, M- I mean, in theory, MMA has actually been around longer than boxing. And boxing derives from mixed martial arts, but the, the yeah. yeah, but well, that's if you combine like the original martial arts. But, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Sport, yeah, it's, it's the actual sport itself. Yeah, yeah. but they, I mean, but. You see the UFC slowly going into that same mold of having very bad outcomes coming out because it's just bad. It's bad officiating and bad uh, uh, systems. Why don't they Look just at Brooklyn. Get, why don't they just get rid of judges and go to a point-based system like ding, 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 re- ding, ding, ding. like wrestling, like yeah. Olympic wrestling? You can change the that. rules that yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, that gotta, makes it more fair. They got to make it more fair. The decision stuff is crazy because they're just getting very swayed judges. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, the numbers on this. Uh, ESPN, what was the question? <laughs> ESPN, well, you oh yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN drew 2.8 million viewers, a 1.6 rating, the most watched boxing event on cable TV since 2006, which featured Arturo Gatti. I saw, Bad I, dude. I saw somebody put up a thing said, uh, "This world's crazy." Pa- uh, Mayweather's about to fight for half a billion dollars in Pacquiao's on ESPN. You know what? The top ranked Bob Arum. That's a smart move, getting his product on uh, ESPN. I just wish it turned out better for right. him. Number four, the San Francisco Giants right now are currently sporting the second-worst record in all of Major League Baseball, only second to the Phillies. And the Phillies have been trying to rebuild for, geez, five years now? That's <laughs> wow. been bad. I think four. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the National Basketball Association, the Utah Jazz just lost the linchpin of their offense after years of rebuilding. The question is this. Of the four major sports, which is the hardest to do a teardown and rebuild in? Give, oh, oh! I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying like where would be the hardest, but no. To me, uh, it's basketball because right now you have no idea what you're getting in the draft anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've seen yeah. how it's done in baseball because look at the Astros, look at the Cubs. Well, it's, it can be done. Well, even, and even the Yankees. And even if it doesn't matter who you get in the draft right now, you're not beating LeBron and you're not beating Golden State. That's that's the simple thing right now. You're not doing that. Even the Celtics know this. And they have all the draft picks and all the talent in the world anymore. Well, I take them back. Like an eighth of the talent in the world right now. I mean, I, I bring this comparison up all the time. You can look at baseball, see how the Royals built up. You can look at at the Preds and see how they built up in the hockey. I mean, they're not the superstar teams. They're just the teams that are good together. And so it's easier in those teams to do that. 
Finally, number five, the Memphis Grizzlies are seeing their franchise basically dismantled, and if they're not dismantled this year, you know they're walking in with an inferior product and gradually going to watch their team bleed to death, sadly. And I'll say that as a Grizzlies fan, I just kind of know the reality here. What team in all of Major League Sports, four major sports, you can count soccer, you can count racing, what team or program is the hardest to support? The Browns. How the hell does anybody... You kind of know what you're signing up for there with the Browns. That's what I'm saying. You can't support... (laughs) How do you do that? How do you... Or, hey, the Vols. I don't see how anybody supports the Vols unless you really just like Outback Bowl that much. All right, right, since you brought up soccer, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the Arsenal in London because for like the last four years, Arsenal fans have been clamoring for Arsene Wenger, their manager, to be fired because he hasn't done much since they were dominant in the early 2000s. Well, they re-signed him, and <laughs> <laughs> apparently they're supposed to be good again because they signed some like striker they've been, ne- they've been needing for at least five years. So Arsenal fans have it worse <laughs> right now. <laughs> Arsenal, there's kind of the reality when every Arsenal season, you're going to end up in the top four. You're not going to win this. You're not going to win the league. You're going to end up in the top four. There's an NFL team. I feel like that's like that. Actually, end up number five this year. Here's the Arsenal standings: fifth, second, third, fourth, fourth, third, fourth, third, third, fourth, fourth, second, first. Last first came back in 2004. They always have 2004. Yep. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of rough to be in a Manchester United fan. I'm a Man, Man U guy, and they've been struggling ever since Sir Alex Ferguson retired. Hey, Everton out there making it rain for the first time in forever. Yeah, and there's talks of a Wayne Rooney coming back. Yep. Yeah, the pug face scouser. He's not a handsome dude. He's a typical English guy. What do you expect? Yeah, the only thing he's missing is like some sleeve tattoos and a beer gut. So, yeah, I'm sure he's got one of them already. <laughs> Hey, that's going to do it for After Dark. Anything good on TV this week? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, well, I finished The American, so. How'd you, you got like The it? American yeah, It was pretty good. I kind of, like, rushed the end, so I didn't really get the satisfying end. But I thought the entire four, uh, fifth season was pretty good. So well, I next, need to start watching Fargo. Next week you got uh, the MLB uh, All-Star Weekend or Week or whatever they're calling it now. Um, got that coming on. Got uh, some good movies. Hey, there's a good movie coming out, Brian. You'll love it. Uh, oh man, it's about robbing NASCAR. So, oh, Logan Lucky. Yeah, that comes out in August, though. Yeah, well, you know, I just saw the preview last night. So, <laughs> all right, we can talk about that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll do the preview then. But hey, episode twenty in the books. It was fun having you on, Dan, for as long as you did. Uh, so, just you know, look forward for more episodes. Just gonna be me and Brian, I guess. I don't know. He might make a comeback. Maybe We're, we'll have to play the. <laughs> I, I do my Linux Lewis style retirement. There you go. Walking away from the game as a gentleman and a champion. <laughs> no champions in this room <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening us. you can follow us on twitter at after dark sports and on our personal also at zachariah w at brian robertson underscore at dan d bradley and this is after dark sports we're out